Thanks for checking out The Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. Good morning, everybody. Man, I want to just give a quick shout-out right now. You guys seriously have one of the best senior pastors ever. He was like one of the first people that like took a chance with me and was like, all right, you can come talk to my youth group. I don't know who you are. You're a strange black guy, but I'm going to let you come. And so he let me do that. And so from there, he just opened up a lot of doors for me. So I know he's not here right now, and I'm sure he'll listen to the podcast later. Can you guys just give a big warm, just we love our pastor. Yes. Chris is awesome. I love that guy. Now, today, it's all about the heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And hopefully, a little later, we're going to get you guys a little bit more excited, and we're going to wake you up just a little bit more. But I have a quote from the great Vince Lombardi, and it says this. I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, the greatest fulfillment of all that he holds dear, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battle victorious. I am not a Packer fan. I do not believe in anything Packers whatsoever. But I do believe that is a good quote. And matter of fact, the Bible says it like this. Proverbs 4.23 Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Turn to the person next to you say, it's all about your heart. It's all about your heart. Now, here's the thing. For some of us, uh, there is, you're meant to have victory in your life, but sometimes we get the feet stuck in our heart. Sometimes things get stuck in our heart that we're not able to get out. And we all need a little help getting things out of our heart. And so case in point, Jesus may have moved into your heart, but he might not have been given full access. For others, you might not even have Jesus in your heart and you're dying without him. I'm not going to lie to you today. We're going to get super personal, okay? You guys are like, you only hear one other time and now we're getting personal. Yes, we're going to get to know each other really well after this morning. And case in point, I want to tell you guys a story. See, uh, a long time ago, there's this basketball pay- player. His name was Pete Mavarovich. Anybody know of him? Pistol Pete? Pistol Pete? Okay, yeah, yeah. If you're not a big NBA fan, Pistol Pete, what he used to do, he used to be, he was like, LeBron before LeBron was LeBron. He was like Magic Johnson before Magic Johnson was Magic. And see, for him, he used to be able to do all sorts of crazy passes and do all sorts of things. And he was like this skinny, like white guy with like hippie hair. And he would just get on the court and do all sorts of crazy things. And he would pass the ball. He was amazing. He did a lot of things. He even won NBA championships. Now here's the thing about it. After Pete retired from the NBA, we're talking he played years and years and years after in the NBA, playing 82 games a season. Only two years after he retired, one day he was going to go do a, a radio show, a radio interview. And so he played basketball that morning. And it's before he went to go do the radio interview, Pistol Pete 
had a heart attack and he died. So, when you looked at Pistol Pete, even two years after he retired from the NBA, he still looked like he could play in an NBA game. But his heart gave out. What does this say? This says that sometimes a person's physical prowess doesn't always reflect the health of his heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's all about your heart. Sometimes things get jammed up in there. Sometimes things get get hit in our heart and that we try to think that we have gone beyond them, but really you just stuff things down into your heart. And then pretty soon you're asking questions. Why am I dealing with this in my life? Why can't I get past this mountain in my life? Why am I having a hard time trusting in God? I believe it's because we, you have something stuck in your heart and it's time that we get it out because just like a heart attack, when you have all those things jammed up, you will have a heart attack. But when we have all these emotional uh, issues that have gone on and if we don't deal with them, then we have a life attack. Things start to break down. So you got to get them out. You got to flush those things out. And the two things that we're going to talk about today is anger and guilt. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got some issues. It's okay. you got issues. It's all right. We're going to deal with them this morning. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try. Now, here's the thing. For all you people in this room that would be honest and you say, you know what? I've got some anger issues. Anybody here know you have some anger issues? It's okay. Some of us, it's all right. Now, when you have anger issues... It breaks down to this thing. Now, I'm not trying to take away from anything that you are upset about. I'm not trying to take away from any hurt that has been in your life. But when you have anger issues, it all breaks down to this. You owe me. You owe me. You have hurt me in some way, and I can't be happy until you make me happy. Case in point, here's the thing. Long time ago, uh, growing up, I had this friend, and his name was Peter. And Peter and I, we were like besties. Peter and I, we would do everything together. And so when we were like in junior high and high school, we would run around, and everybody, we, they would think we were twins. We did so much stuff together. And people were like, well, you know, he's white and you're black, and that's kind of weird, but you guys are kind of like twins. And he was my best friend. Now, here's the thing about it. I'll never forget the day him and I were just chilling in the hallway at school, and we're just talking, and next thing you know, Lindsay Anderson walks by. Now, Lindsay Anderson was like the hottest girl at our school. And every time she walked by, everybody was like, whoa, man, like she was hot. Now, here's the thing. As soon as she walked by, Peter and I, we knew one of us had to go talk to her. We knew one of us had to go and make sure that we started a conversation with her. So, of course, Peter and I, we turned to each other, and Peter's like, okay, Terrence, you talked to the last girl who's here, so maybe it's my turn. I'm like, look, Peter, you don't understand. That wasn't fair, because the last girl that I talked to, she was, like, really mean, and she wanted to cut me. It was a really bad situation. I need a redo. And so, like any other guys, when we have a disagreement between gentlemen, you got to settle it in one way. So, Peter and I, we did... Paper, rock, scissors, best out of three. So, of course, we're sitting there, we're like, okay, one, two, three. I was like, okay, look, man, you can't go before shoot because that doesn't make sense. Why would we say three? All right, one, two, three, two. And next thing you know, I had one. So I'm like, okay, I'm trying to think of a way that, that I could talk to this girl, Lindsay. 
So I'll never forget, Lindsay, she was in my economics class, and so I remember I was sitting at my desk, and she was sitting over there, and so I was like, oh, I got this. I know how I'm going to do this. So I began to get out a piece of paper, and I began to write a note, because back in the day, we didn't have cell phones. We had to write notes. So I took a piece of paper out, and I began to write, Lindsay, do you like me? Circle yes or no, because you got to let people know what you want them to do. And so I took that note and I folded it up in that special kind of way and I sent it down the row. And I was like, yeah, give it to that girl. Give it to that girl. No, not you, the other girl. I don't like you. So, of course, Lindsay, she got the note. She looked at it. She looked at me and she waved. And I was just like, you go, girl. And then she opened up the note. And then after she read it, she took out a piece of pen and she began to write. And I was like, hold on, Lindsay, I don't want to read your writing. I just want to read your circles. Why are you writing something? But she began to write something. And then after that, she took the note and she folded it up in that special kind of way. And she sent it down the road. And I was just like, yeah, give me my note. Give me my note. Give me my note. And I got the note and I opened it up. And it said, if you want to know the answer to that, you have got to call me. I'm like, hold up, Lindsay. You don't understand. When I get nervous, my voice does that thing where I sound like I'm possessed. I'm a teenage boy. I can't deal with this. But I decided, you know what? Lindsay's worth the call. So I remember I got home that night, and I'm sitting down by the phone, and I'm like practicing what I'm going to say to Lindsay. I'm like, okay, I got this. All right, I'm going to be like, hey, hey, girl, hey, girl, hey, girl. I was like, ooh, too black. Pull it back, pull it back. Okay. So I dialed it up on the phone. We had older phones back in the day. I was like, all right, I got this, Terrence. You can do this. Hello? Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. And the next thing I know, I heard her voice. Hello? I was like, hey, Lindsay. She was like, who is this? I was like, sorry, Lindsay. I'm really nervous right now. Uh, I'm wondering, will you go out with me? And then there was this long pause. And then all of a sudden I heard Terrence. I would love to go out with you. And so next thing you know, I started to do that dance that you do when you don't think nobody's looking at you. And I was like, hey, oh. And so Lindsay and I, we started our relationship together and we started to do everything together. We would like meet each other at school by our lockers and we would hold hands as we would walk to class together. And then when we had to separate for class, I was like, I know it's going to be a long 30 minutes. I know I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. And then after class was over, we would come back together and we'd go to lunch together and we would share our mashed potatoes together and then we did that whole phone thing when we went at night we would call each other on the phone and even though we didn't have any words to say we just still stay on the phone just breathe girl just breathe i just want to hear you breathe i thought that Lindsay was the one and so i did what any man does when he thinks he's found the one i introduced her to my mom and i was like mom I know I'm 15 years old, but this is the girl. I'm going to marry her. This is the girl. And my mom, she looked at me. She's like, you're an idiot. But I didn't care because I thought Lindsay was the one. So next thing, I remember after a glorious month and a half relationship, I came to school one day, and Lindsay, she was standing by my locker like she usually does, and I was excited this year. And as soon as I walked up to her, she had a note for me, and she handed it to me. And she goes, don't read it until you get to class. So, of course, I hurried to class. I opened it up, and it said, Terrence, I like you, but I don't want to go out with you no more. And I was crushed. And I'm thinking, man, I've 
open up myself to this girl. Like, I thought she was the one. What was the problem? What could have happened? So I'm trying to think of, I, I got to find my friend Peter. Peter, maybe he'll help me out. So after class, I'm like running to try to find my friend Peter. And I find him trying to get to his class. And I was like, hey, Peter, you'll never guess what happened. I came to school and Lindsay, she handed me a note and I read the note and she broke up with me. I don't know what's going on. And the next thing you know, Peter started to act all weird and funny. And he's like, Terrence, I got to be honest with you. I really like Lindsay. And I started going out with her. Peter had snuck behind my back and started talking to Lindsay. And I'll never forget that day. He's standing there and he's like, Terrence, I am so sorry. I, I am sorry. And I remember sitting there. I'm like, I know I am sorry too. I'm going to have to choke you out now. I am so sorry. <laughs> and the only way that I was able to get past this was I remember saying to myself, you know what? This is my fault. I did this. Because my problem was, was I trusted people. Because I know when I trust people, they're going to hurt me. And so this for me began that, that moment where I just started to push stuff down. I started to push all the things that made me angry, all the things that hurt me. I started to push it down and be like, you know what? It's my fault. I'm just going to make sure that I don't trust people no more. I'm going to make sure that I don't open it up to anybody because I know the only person that's going to take care of me is me. But little did I know this will lead into a string of problems and issues for me later on in life. Remember, Proverbs 4.23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, Paul, he talks about this anger, this pain, and this hurt that we get jammed in our heart. And in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, Paul says this about this. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with any form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. See, it's crazy sometimes, but like when we read the Bible, Paul is telling you, you got to get rid of this. You got to run away from it. And the way that I look at this as Paul is trying to make this plea to everybody, get rid of all anger and slander and all these things that get stuck in your heart. I think about it like this. I don't know if you guys have ever just taken a walk outside or whatever, and then all of a sudden you can feel yourself walking into spider webs. Has that ever happened to you where you could just feel it on your face? And what do you do automatically? Automatically, the minute that you feel spider webs on your face, you're like, ah! They're like hitting yourself and you look like a crazy person or not. They're like, uh-huh, that's what happens when you do drugs. And the thing about it is this, like you're trying to get this off as fast as you can. You're trying to wipe it off. And this is what Paul is telling us to do. The minute that rage and anger gets stuck in your heart, you got to get it out. Do whatever you can. Do run as far away as you can. But you got to leave it alone because this will cause problems in your life. See, uh, when we're talking about the issue of anger, Jesus, he gives us a great, great story in Matthew 18, 21 through 35. See, Peter, he's asking Jesus, him and Peter are hanging around with the rest of the disciples. And Peter's like, okay, Lord, I've seen you do all sorts of crazy things. It's been awesome. I love you. But uh, how many times are we supposed to forgive people, right? I mean, one time, okay, fool me once. 
Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, right? So after maybe three times, maybe even seven times, then enough is enough. And we need to push people away, right? And Jesus says it like this. I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed them and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me. I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were uh, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, You wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. That's pretty serious. See, Jesus, he's telling this story about this servant that the king said, hey, you owe me lots and lots of money. And when we look back into uh, what, how much money that is today, this servant owed the king millions and millions of dollars. He owed him a lifetime. He wouldn't even be able to pay back any of this whatsoever. But the king forgave his debts. And so that same man went out and he found somebody. It says here that he owed him a 100 silver coins. And today's, that would be like a, a day's wage. He could maybe go work that off the next day and give it back to him. But he didn't have it. He said, nope, I'm going to throw you into jail. And so he sent that man into jail. And the next thing you know, the king hears about this and he's like, nope, it can't be. And he brings him back and he throws him in the jail forever. He loses everything. So what does this say about us? First of all, there are a couple things that we need to know about this. When it comes to anger and hurt and pain in our heart, Jesus says it like this. It's like, um, how many of you guys have ever had uh, been robbed? Maybe somebody broke into your car. Maybe somebody took something from you. That stinks, right? It hurts. I remember when I was going to North Central and I parked my car on this street that they called Free Street. And there was like no lights on that street or anything. And it was like, oh... Maybe your car will be here, maybe it won't one day. And I remember I parked my car there and I went to class and when I came back, somebody had busted the window and took out all the change that was in the ashtray. And I'll never forget, I got so angry. I was like, the window will cost way more than what you have taken. Like, you you could have just asked me for the change. I would have just given it to you. It wasn't that big a deal to me. And so I was furious. And I wasn't furious. They didn't just take away the money. They took away my sense of security. They take away my, my sense of believing in other people. From that day on, I always had trouble parking my car on Free Street. They, take, they took away uh, my trust. 
And so when people take things away from you, doesn't it feel like they're not just taking away what, what you can see, they're taking away uh, feelings that they have. They're taking away your safety, aren't they? And so it's hard for us when we're like, ah, I gotta forgive them. But God is saying this, there are, there are lots of times in life when people hurt us and they're never gonna be able to repay you back. Doesn't matter if they all of a sudden turn or if that person that took that money, he would have come back and given me back all my change. I'm still like, I'm still hurt about the window. I'm still hurt. I feel, I still don't feel safe in this neighborhood no more. He took away way more from me than he could ever repay me. And so instead of holding on to IOUs, let him go. He's never going to be able to pay him back. Just like with us, Christ did the same exact thing for us. We will never be able to pay back Christ for what he has done for us. There will never be a time where he's like, yep, you've done enough. All right, you don't have to pray to me no more. You're good. You'll be saved forever. Peace out. Bye. Nope. You will never do enough to get paid back. So let it go. Anger occurs when we just don't get our way. Something happens and we just don't get our way. And for all of us, instead of for some of us, some of us feel that anger, but there's another side of it, and that is the guilty side of it. Have any of you ever felt guilty about something before? Yeah. Some of us, some of our parents have guilted us into doing things. Well, you don't ever come and visit me. You're like, no, nah, i got to come see you every single day. Like, we feel guilted into something, and guilt looks like this. Guilt says, I owe you. You constantly feel like you owe other people. And I remember after that happened with uh, Peter and I, and we were still friends, but I would always, anytime we'd go to the movie, and he'd be like, all right, I'm going to buy a ticket, and you buy your ticket. I'm like, man, I don't have no money. It must be because I haven't had a job because I'm still depressed about Lindsay. And so he was just like, okay, I'll, I'll pay for you. I would guilt him into all sorts of things. And a story that gets us into dealing with guilt breaks down into the story of Zacchaeus. Anybody know the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up into the sycamore tree, and my blackness is going away. But if you don't know the story of Zacchaeus, it's like this. Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector in his town, and everybody knew he was a bad guy because the reason why he was an extra bad guy, because we have tax collectors today, but uh, the reason why Zacchaeus was a bad guy because uh, the Roman Empire, instead of them sending other Roman soldiers to take the taxes, they would just pick another Jewish person to take taxes from their own people. And so what Zacchaeus did was not only did he take those taxes, but he took a little extra for himself. And everybody knew it wasn't like a secret. It wasn't like he was like really like sneaky about doing this. Everybody knew what he was doing. So he was a really, really bad guy. Nobody liked him. And of course, he heard about Jesus coming to the town one day. And so he's curious. But the thing about it was Zacchaeus, he was kind of like a midget and he couldn't, he wasn't very tall. So in order to see Jesus in the crowd, he just climbed up into the tree to see if he can find him. And of course, Jesus is walking around and uh, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus in there and he says, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm coming to your house today. And so of course, the crazy thing about this story is Zacchaeus being the bad guy that he was, Jesus knew who he was. But that's not what we're going to talk about this morning. Because see, afterwards, Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house. And when Z- Jesus shows up at Zacchaeus' house, G- Zacchaeus is just like, I, I'm going to give back everything that I ever taken. I'm going to give it back, uh, 
four, four times as much. And he's like, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to make sure everybody knows that I am sorry about this. And then this, in Luke 19.8, this is what it says. Look, Lord, here and now I give half of, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. Now Jesus didn't say, Oh, Zacchaeus, that's cool. You don't have to do all that. I'm here and I love you. He didn't say all that. Jesus responded with, I know for sure that salvation has come to this house today. Your public admission is evidence of a changed heart. Jesus did not tell Zacchaeus, don't do that. He said, no, now I see that you truly have changed your heart. You're, you're going to go back and you're going to give back everything that you have taken. This is how we change our hearts. Not just saying, uh, Lord, forgive me, but going to the people that we've hurt and saying, hey, I am sorry for this thing that I have done. See, uh, James 5, 15, 16 says it like this. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confession helps us from keeping unhealthy secrets stuck in our hearts. See, when you bring your secrets to the light, confession precedes physical and spiritual restoration. you got to get it out of your heart. You will not be able to be the person that God has called you to be unless you get these things out of your heart. See, I think a reason why Paul, he's saying in Ephesians 4, 31, 32, you got to run away from these things because these are the things that bog us down. These are the reasons why people deal with depression over and over again. These are the reasons why people say, I can't trust anybody. No, if you say that you are a Christ follower, there is no excuse for how you treat other people. You should always treat people well. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. You should always look towards their future and treat them like that. And when we have things stuck in our heart, we just can't do it. And I'm not sitting here and telling you guys that, hey, I've, I've mastered this and this is it. No, this has been an issue that has been in my life for a long time. And matter of fact, when that happened with Lindsay and Peter, and I just stuffed it down into my heart, the thing about it was this. That wasn't the first time that I did that in my life. That actually started when I was about eight or nine years old. And uh, case in point, when I was eight or nine years old, my mom, she was a single mom, and uh, she got a divorce with my dad when I was like two or three years old. And so my mom, I had two older brothers, and she had a hard time uh, taking care of us. So she had to drop us off at daycare. Now my brothers, they're like five or six years older than me. And so when I was eight or nine, they were like 13, 14 years old. So when we got dropped off at daycare, my brothers were like, we're too old for this. And so they would wait for my mom to leave, and they would just go back home and just chill at our house. And so I was left at daycare all by myself. And so I'll never forget uh, the summer that this happened. This was the summer that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was coming out. Now, I don't know if you guys know Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and I'm not talking about the, the Xeno Rangers, all sorts of crazy. No, I'm talking about the very first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And I remember all the kids at the daycare, they were super excited 
about this show that was about to come on. And so all summer was building to the release of this show. And I'll never forget it. Uh, the day that the show was finally going to come on, and it started like every other day. My mom would drop us off at daycare. My brother was like, oh, this is lame, and they would leave. But I went downstairs with all the other older kids. As a matter of fact, there was another kid there that had, like, underwear on his head. He was like, I'm a Power Ranger. And I was like, no, you are a poopy man, but that's okay. You're excited. And we sat down and we watched that first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And I remember after a uh, commercial break, all the kids were still talking about it. And then there was an older kid there at the daycare. And he came over to me and he said, hey, parents, I want to show you something in the back. And I said, okay. And I followed him back there. And that was the first time that I got molested. And I'll never forget. I was so angry and I was so hurt and I was so confused by what had happened. I didn't know what to do. And so being the eight, nine-year-old that I was, the only thing I knew how to do was I, I was like, I can't tell anybody what happened. I just, I've got to d deal with this. And so that began the process of me stuffing it down and saying, I, I got to be able to move on from this. But little did I know this would add into other issues into my life. Little did I know as I was trying to deal with this, I started to try to self-medicate myself. Because see, a lot of times people, they get into drugs and alcohol, not because parting is awesome, it's so good, but they're trying to deal with something that's going inside their heart. And for me, the way that I tried to deal with it, I tried to go through parties, I tried drinking, and then for me, eventually, I ended up watching pornography because I was trying to prove to myself that I'm a man and I didn't want something like that to happen to me. But it never helped. Anytime we try to self-medicate, it only lasts for a moment. But it, that moment is never long enough. And you need more. And so I remember as I'm like 15, 16 years old, uh, eventually I, I found myself uh, in a theater company that would travel around and, and they would do plays. And so, of course, as I'm rehearsing with these kids, we're getting really close with each other. And with any good friends, uh, we would joke around with each other and we would make fun of each other, not maliciously, but just having fun with each other. And I'll never forget, I'm hanging around with these friends and uh, they st we started making fun of each other. And somebody said something to me that pushed my butt. And you know when you've had your button pushed where you all of a sudden, they, somebody says something to you and it just makes you explode. I'll never forget it. I got up and I was like, you can't say something like that to me. I'm a man. You can't say something like that to me. And I began to break down and everybody's like, hey, Terrence, you need to calm down. I was like, no, you have no idea. You can't say something like that to me. I'm a man. I'm a man. And I start crying and I'm bawling. And the next thing I knew, a teacher came over to me and she put her arm around me and she said, Terrence, I don't know what's going on with you. But we've got to deal with what's inside of you. It's got to come out. And so that, for me, it began the process of me uh, not just forgiving myself, but forgiving that person. And I'm not telling you guys that it took just that day and I was fine. I actually had to go to counseling and I had to really deal with this. And this took months and years to deal with it. But you have to do that in order to have the life that God has called you to have. God did not want you to have all these things stuffed up in your heart. And the other side of it is that guilty side. The other side of it is when you know you've done something to wrong somebody. And it reminds me of a, a story of a, of a kid named Nick. And see, uh, for Nick, uh, he woke up one morning uh, with a secret. And as he woke up, uh, he knew that he needed to talk to somebody about this secret. 
And so uh, he, he saw his dad in the morning, and his dad was getting ready for work, and he walked up to his dad. He goes, hey, dad, I really need to talk to somebody about something. And his dad was like, well, I'm running late for work, but maybe later on after school uh, we'll, we'll have some time to talk. And he goes, okay. And so Nick, he got on the bus, and as he walked on the bus, he saw his friend in the back trying to do homework, and he had all sorts of papers around him. So he sat next to his friend. He said, hey, I really need to talk to somebody. Can we talk real quick? And his friend was like, well, I'm really behind on my math homework right now but maybe maybe during lunch let's talk during lunch and so Nick was like okay sure and so Nick he took his secret into the school and then he saw his teacher getting ready for class and he said to himself maybe I can just talk to my teacher so he walked up to his teacher and said hey I know that uh, uh, you're getting ready for class but I really need to talk to somebody and the teacher said hey I would love to talk to you but right now I'm trying to start class but maybe after class let's talk and so as soon as class got done of course other students they ran up to that teacher and they're asking them questions about their grades and test papers and so Nick knew he couldn't talk to his teacher and so he went to uh, lunch that day and he saw his friend and he sat down next to him and he said hey man I really need to talk to somebody and his friend was like oh well see I'm kind of sitting by this girl that I really like right now but let's talk after school let's talk on the bus so of course Nick he got on the bus that day after school and he noticed that his friend wasn't there and so Nick went to the back of the bus with a secret and he sat alone and as soon as he got dropped off at his house. He walked into his house and he started thinking to himself, maybe now I can go talk to my parents. And as soon as he opened the door, he can hear his parents arguing and he knew I can't talk to them. And so Nick took his secret on into the garage. And then on that day, Nick had two secrets. One secret was that he had brought a gun and he was going to use it to commit suicide that day. And the other secret is we don't know. Because Nick went out to the garage, put the gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. I will never forget that day that he died. Matter of fact, I will never forget the day that I went to his funeral. And I remember I'm sitting in the hallway of the church and I'm seeing all the people going, walking up to the casket and I remember my mom was there my mom was like the nicest person in the world and she said Terrence you got to go say your goodbyes and she didn't realize what was going on inside of me she didn't realize the things that I was dealing with and every step that I took to that casket I'm trying to reassure myself that everything's okay but the minute I looked down into his casket I just broke down nobody knew what was going on and I looked at him and I said I forgive you nobody knows what you did to me but I forgive you See, Nick and I, we were sharing the same secret, but we are dealing with two different sides of it. I was dealing with the hurt and the pain and the anger that I had. And Nick, he was dealing with the guiltiness of it. He didn't know how to deal with that. So here today, I'm telling you right now, if there is anger in your heart, the way to deal with it is you've got to forgive people. You've got to forgive. Because if you don't forgive... You're going to be stuck in that same pain and that same hurt. And I'm not saying that if you just do it once, everything will be okay. Nope. You're going to have to do it a couple times. And every time that same feeling comes up into your heart, you got to say, yep, that did happen. And yep, I did feel like that. But that person will never be able to pay me back. So I'm just going to forgive it. I'm canceling that debt. But if you're on the other side of it, and you're dealing with the guilt of something that you have done wrong, then you gotta confess it. 
And I know there may be some people sitting in here right now saying, Terrence, you have no idea if what, if I said what I did, what would happen. Yeah, but I know that if you don't say it, the weight of that guilt can kill. It can crush. You should not deal with the weight of it by yourself. You've got to give it out. So I'm going to urge you to go and find those people, whether it's writing a letter and saying, hey, you may not remember this, but this has been something that's on me, and I just got to say I am sorry for this. Whatever it may be, write that letter and be able to give it to that person. You've got to deal with the guiltiness of everything. Because remember, Proverbs 4.23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You got to clear out the heart. Um, I'm going to go uh, and tell you guys one more story. And as I do that, if I could have some people up there, up here that are willing to pray for other people, and you guys can all stand at this time. It reminds me of this story uh, about a small town. And uh, it was mostly a Catholic town. And in this town, uh, there had been stories about this woman who had seen the face of Jesus, that she had visions of Jesus. And so the local priests in the town, they're like, okay, we can't let this continue on. We, we got to make sure everybody knows that this isn't right because she's telling everybody this story about how she got to see Jesus, how she got to see him face to face. And so one day the priest goes up and he goes to the lady's house and he knocks on the door. Old lady opens the door. She's got the biggest smile on her face. He goes, hi, do you know who I am? And she goes, I absolutely do. And he goes, hey, I heard that you've seen the face of Jesus. And she goes, yep. I sure have. And so this priest, thinking that he's got this lady and he's going to end this right now, he goes, okay, the next time you see Jesus, I want you to ask him this question. Ask him, what was the last thing that I confessed? And the old lady looked at him. She still had the smile on his face. She goes, that's all? And he goes, that's all. That's all I want to know. And so he went back thinking that he had done it. He went back thinking that he had ended this. Next thing you know, a couple of days later, this story, start, this lady starts telling everybody that she saw Jesus again. She saw Jesus. So the priest is like, I've got to end this. I got to make sure she knows that she didn't see Jesus. So of course he goes, he makes the journey to the lady's house. He knocks on the door. The old lady opens up the door. She's got the biggest smile on his face. And he goes, do you remember me? She goes, of course I do. And she goes, and he goes, okay, then what did Jesus tell you? What was the last thing that I confessed? And the lady looked at him. She took his hands in her hands. She said, he said, I don't remember. I don't remember. The thing about it is this. When we ask for forgiveness, when we ask God for forgiveness, he forgets it. It's done. It's over. And he moves on and they go forward in the future. This is what we need to do in order to live the lives that Christ has asked us to live. When we forgive other people, it's got to be done. It's over. I'm not going to live in this same pain and hurt no longer. And so here today, I just want to invite anybody up here right now that if you have dealt with some kind of pain, if you're holding on to some hurt and some anger in your heart, it is time to get it out. 
You do not deserve to live with that no more. That person will never be able to repay you back. And so I'm going to ask you to come up here during this time of worship. And you just, I want you to just pray. I want you to say, God, help me to forgive this person. Help me to forgive so-and-so that did this to me. And go through it. Go through the steps. They did. They hurt me like this. This happened during this time. But they will never be able to repay me. So I'm canceling their debt. And as you're up here and you're doing that, I'm going to ask them to pray for you. Pray to help you forgive people. And I'm telling you, as somebody who has done this over and over again, it doesn't just happen the first time. But if you do this after a series of times, eventually you're able to say, I forgive. It's okay. I forgive. And it's not going to hold me back any longer. If you're somebody in here, as we go into this time of worship, that you know that you're dealing with something that you have done, that you need to ask for forgiveness for, then I want you to come up here and I want you to ask one of these people, hey, I need some prayer because I need to write a letter. I've got to write somebody a letter and say, hey, I need some help and asking for forgiveness. And they're going to pray for you and they're going to pray that you write that letter and you're able to send that letter because you do not deserve to deal with that weight of guiltiness no more. Nobody deserves to deal with life by themselves. So I'm going to ask the worship band to play. And if that's you, you just come up here and you start praying. And start asking. And I promise you, your heart will begin to get clear. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.